Hi, I'm Brandy. And I'm Angelina. And welcome to Talk 40 to Me. We're having all the candid conversations you'd have with your bestie. Join us as we unpack life in our 40s and all the questions that led up to this next chapter. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talk 40 to Me. This is Brandy. This is Angelina. We are so happy to be back. Thank you for being here with us today and sitting in this space. I am very much looking forward to having this conversation today. I'm just going to get right into it because I want you all to meet my friend Dewan. I've known her for some time. She has been an esthetician since 2007. She specializes in creative skin treatments and all things brows. And she's the owner of Ritual Company in Mandeville, Louisiana. And that's how I found her. I started going to her for brows and then my skin and the best facial you'll ever have in your life. She's a visionary with an eye for recognizing the potential in your skin and your brows. And she rarely plays by the rules. She is always innovating to provide guests with an exceptional experience at every visit. And another reason why I wanted to have her on is because as an entrepreneur, I think it's a good story. We love to hear women empowering other women and starting these roles. And I know this was a hard journey for her and I want to hear about that. And then we've also had some listeners ask questions about skincare and makeup in their forties. And they, we've had feedback. People wanted someone like you on the podcast. So I thought who better than Dewan? So Dewan, welcome to talk 40 to me. Thank you. I am excited to be here. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm ex- so excited. Me too. I have too. I've known you for how? God, it's been a long time. At least 10 years. Yeah. And I know for sure we met when you still had the gym. Yep. And you were in your first location. Well, it was actually my third location. Your third? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny when people are like, do you remember where you started? Because everybody thinks that I started at a different place. But yeah, that was actually Charisma was my third location. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I am excited. And it, it, you're right. It definitely has been a roller coaster of 16 years for sure. Yeah. So Duane, I was curious to learn more about what made you choose this career path and what led you to owning your business and where you are today? I've had an interest in skincare and makeup probably since I was like 13, a very, very young age. I really thought I was going to be a dermatologist. And then I saw how much that was going to cost and how long I would be in school. I was like, okay, maybe I'll go be an esthetician instead. So I always knew it's what I wanted to do. But my parents, I mean, we had tops back then. And my parents really wanted me to use that scholarship and get a degree in something. So I went to Southeastern for medical office management. I thought that would be a good thing. I eventually knew I wanted to open up my own business. I was surrounded by really powerful women. My godmother owned a florist and I worked with her every summer. So I knew I wanted to own my own business one day. So I did go to Southeastern for three semesters and hated every second of it. But after Katrina, my parents finally agreed that I could come home. As long as I saved the money to pay for aesthetic school, they would help support me to go to school. So I went to Aveda and graduated in 2007 and immediately was hired on at Paris Parker and Canal Place, which I thought was my dream job until the BP oil spill uh, completely ruined tourism in the city. So I actually decided to go off on my own and I opened Ritual Skin Therapy in 2010 
with literally a Tupperware container of travel size Aveda products that I would carry back and forth to a room that I rented by the day in a salon in my hometown. Everybody there was what I we called them spillionaires. Everybody was working on BP oil spill cleanup, and there was a lot of money to be made there. So that's how I started my business. That's where it all started. I had no idea the oil spill had anything to do with it. That's super interesting. Before I have my next question, I have to point out, Dewan is wearing a shirt that says, I suffer from chronic ambition. <laughs> I think you do would appreciate that. I do. I love it. I love it. It's very much yeah. you. It, it, it fits. One thousand percent. This is actually a brand that I became um, an affiliate with. It's Savvy is the brand. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you want a shirt, you can buy it on my website. You go to shop. There's a link. <laughs> When I saw it, I'm like, I have to have that shirt and I wear it everywhere I go. And everybody says the same thing. That is so you. I'm like, yep, I know. <laughs> it's perfect. So for people who don't know, I know this personally, that you had bumps on the road along your journey and you always just seem to come out stronger. You just somehow managed to just crawl your way out. Can you tell us a little bit more about that road and how you approached the adversity and handled it for the better? I mean, there's a lot of steps that I didn't go through just now to tell you how I got from there to here. That was the very beginning to, to now. A lot has happened. How I handle adversity is I just know, I don't know how to explain it, but it's a calling. Like, I just know that I'm going to cry. I'm sorry. I know that I was meant for something more. I know that God gave me this talent and this passion to be a part of something that's bigger than just me. So when I want to quit, I just remember that, that that's, it's not an accident, but <laughs> I also have like, I'm obviously strong in my faith, but then I also have like some little quirky things that I do. Like I have an alter ego playlist and I think I shared this with you before, but like Rihanna has Riri and, you know, Beyonce has Sasha Fierce. I have DD. So I have a, a DD playlist. I definitely hype myself up with that. And it like reminds me. I have a potty mouth, but who the F I am. <laughs> and it just kind of helps keep me focused. I mean, I do suffer from anxiety. I was diagnosed in high school, but I suffer with anxiety and it can very easily transition to depression. I tried medication and I just didn't like the way it made me feel. So I don't remember if it was in therapy or if it was in like a podcast that I listened to or something, but this technique of like stressing positive was brought on my radar, where when you feel that anxiety, you take that energy and you channel it into something positive. For instance, when I was going through my divorce and like, I was feeling so helpless and devastated and all those things. And I wanted to like post and be like, oh, he's such a piece of, and this is what happened. And when I feel that urge to want to do that, I would do something opposite. And I would post like an inspirational quote. So I do that a lot in my business when business is slow and money's tight, I'll go to a local business and I'll support that local business. And I'll just kind of like put that energy out into the universe and it comes back. That's really interesting. Very interesting on how you, I would love to learn more about this. So if you have any resources that you would like to share with us on how someone with anxiety can rechannel that, I think that that would be really fascinating to share. I'm going to have to look it up. List, there's two different podcasts that I do listen to specifically for mindset and anxiety. Um, and I can't remember if it was Mindset Mentor or another one, but I'll look it up. I've done like rounds of therapy, but 
I'm also a Capricorn and I think I know better than everybody else. So therapy only works so much. Like at some point I start getting like, I'm not going to tap my forehead. I'm not going to do it. So like <laughs> I, I need tangible things that are actually going to work for me. So like, I'll go through it if I need it, I'll do therapy. But for the most part, like exercise helps, drinking my water helps. My little like quirks. I have some mantras that like I live by. There's actually one from Sucker Punch. I don't know if you'll ever seen that movie, Sucker Punch. But it's like, you already have all the twos you need. Now fight. It's like, you're not missing anything. Like you were divinely created. Like you have everything you need. Stop letting the devil get in your head. Like, do it. Just do it. What are some of the songs on your hype up playlist? <laughs> okay. I'll start with the Christian one and it's I'm getting ready, which also features Nicki Minaj. So like there's still like some, some West Bank in there. Um, <laughs> but a lot, a lot of Nicki Minaj, like I'm the best. Um, there's Drake make me proud. I'm trying to think I might have to send you the list. Uh, Beast from Southpaw, a couple of songs from Southpaw, like back up in that corner, um, which talks about addiction, but it so relates to anxiety and depression because it's like it's a never ending battle. Like it's never going to go away, just like an addiction. And I end up back in that corner and, and then I have to like fight back to like I do have to prove to my family like I can do this and I can be there for you. And so, um, yeah, stuff like that. I like it. I would love to pivot. And let's start talking about your expertise and maybe jump into some questions. I have a question. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to like jump my question ahead of the questions that Angelina had listed. (laughs) (laughs) I see that you're like, I have a question. (laughs) I have a question. Um, And I have asked many estheticians about this, dermatologists. I would love your opinion on this. I have melasma and I hate it Mm -hmm. and I don't get monthly skin treatments or anything like that. So from your perspective, do you have any recommendations for someone like me who has growing melasma on one, how do you help manage it? Are there any products that you might recommend in two? given that you are also a makeup artist and have experience in that, do you have a concealer that you feel works really well to help cover it? Yeah. So the problem with melasma is it's going to be an ever ending battle because it is internal, right? So heat will make it worse. So try to stay cold. Um, Make sure you're not wearing chemical sunscreens. Make sure you're wearing physical sunscreens. Chemical sunscreens create a chemical reaction in the skin, which creates heat, which will intensify the melasma. How do you know if you're wearing a chemical sunscreen or not? Or do you have any top products? I carry Dermalogica and Dermatology, or the two lines that I carry. Dermalogica has Invisible Defense Shield, which is a physical sunscreen, and it leaves a little bit, it's not supposed to, it's got invisible in the name, but it does leave a little bit of a white cast. So it's not my favorite. Dermatology has their physical universal tint. I love on melasma because it's got a little bit of a tint to it. So it just helps to cut it down a little bit. The only thing, the price point on those products are phenomenal. It's like $24. 
price point is phenomenal. There is, is absolutely no fragrance, no essential oils, no anything to make it smell good. So it smells like crayons. So just be aware of that. But it works phenomenally. It's a really good lightweight physical um, sunscreen. I think it's 46, SPF 46. I think Elta MD has one as well. If you go on like the, you know, medical grade skincare route. I was recommended an Elta, but I didn't get the tinted one. I just got the white one and it leaves like such a white cast on my face mm -hmm. and it's thick. So thick. I felt like I was like pulling my skin. Okay. So the trick to that is to use a beauty oil under it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. If you still have it, don't waste it. So a lot of people don't realize you want to put your moisturizers and serums and everything on when your skin is still damp. You don't want your skin to be completely dry. So a toner, like Mr. Toner, a hydrating toner, not a astringent one, a hydrating toner before you do your serums um, or use a beauty oil underneath the sunscreen. It'll help it apply it a little bit better. But those thick physical sunscreens actually are phenomenal as makeup primers, especially on more mature skin. Because it is that thick physical layer, Everybody preaches silicone primers. I've never loved silicone primers, but that's also because I use a silicone-based foundation. So you don't need it. Like the primer is built into it. But when I have tried silicone primers in the past, it just, it, to me, it adds extra weight under a different foundation. Um, so that sunscreen would be really good as a primer. As far as concealers go, I am actually a huge fan of Revolution, the Makeup Revolution, the cheap brand you can get at Ulta. They have one in a tube. I'm trying to think of the name of it. It might be like Camouflage. It does not crack. It does not move. And it is full coverage. So you would be able to use it on your melasma. You'd be able to use it underneath your eyes. Um, and it'll last all day. It's a really full coverage concealer. I've never tried that brand. Oh, and products to treat it. How would you, if you could? Everybody needs to be using some type of retinoid, period, end of discussion. So a retinoid would either be like a Retin-A, Tretinoin, or like a Retinol, which would be over the counter. So your Retin-A and Tretinoin is going to be your prescription retinoids, and then your Retin-A, I mean, your Retinol would be like over the counter. So whatever one you use, you're obviously going to get more accelerated results from the prescription, but you also have... Uh, usually more side effects. So you'll get that, you know, flaking and redness and irritation. So I personally use a retinol, but I think it might be time for me to like amp it up. But one of those two. And then um, also vitamin C. Niacinamide is actually great. Anything with niacinamide in it is actually great for preventing hyperpigmentation. So that works well. A lot of dermatologists will give you hydroquinone, but you have to cycle on and off of hydroquinone. So Dermalogica has a dark spot serum. That's what I usually recommend. And it's completely safe to use while you're using your retinol. And you can see, uh, you know, some results within days. It's just really important with melasma to have realistic expectations. Like that is a internal hormonal deep pigmentation. So you, you really want to focus more on the covering and the preventing it from getting worse than expecting that you're going to get it to go away. Professional treatments would help. But if you can't do that, then that would be the way to go. Yeah, I've also used, gosh, I wish I could remember the brand. You might know it when I say the, the name, but there's this one brand that's called Discoloration Defense. Mm -hmm. 
I have heard of it, I think. And then they also have a vitamin C formula, but I went to go buy the vitamin C oil or whatever it is. And it was so expensive. I mean, it was almost like $200. Mm-hmm. And so I said, going to hold. Vitamin C is one of those things that is very unstable. So you do not want a cheap vitamin C, but you also don't necessarily need to spend $200. I haven't used that product to know if it's worth it. I do in most cases think you get what you pay for, but then also being in business and understanding like valuation, like there's probably some branding in there to make it worth $200 that you could probably like our dermatological one, I think is like 87. So it's not cheap, but it is definitely stable. So that's something you want to think of. If you look in drugstore wise, I think a lot of dermatologists right now are recommending the uh, La Roche-Posay, I think is a good brand that they're all kind of sticking by if you need drugstore recommendations. But I mean, I'm a, I've literally used Dermalogica since I was, when I say I had an interest in aesthetics since I was 13, it's because when I was introduced to it, like my mom took me to get a facial. I got my brows waxed professionally. Like she introduced me to that world. My esthetician um, used Dermalogica. So I used it in high school. The only time I have not used it in my life was when I worked for Aveda. Yeah, I mean, the the brand that I'm referring to came highly, highly recommended from a really great esthetician here in Dallas. It's just expensive and not everyone, you know, can afford those types of products. So it's interesting to get, you know, sort of a different grades of product to fit different budgets. Yeah. And you want to look too at the volume of your product. So like there's a lot of things to consider when you're looking at the price of a product. So if that product is going to last you six months and my product is 87 and it might only last you three, it's the same thing. You're just spending it all at once. So just look at the volume on your products too before you roll it up, especially if it came highly recommended. I'm not familiar with it to tell you it's worth it, but that's just something everybody should consider is look at the big picture. I never really thought about it that way mm-hmm. to compare. Yeah. But that's really helpful, like I said, to have different grades because people have mm-hmm. different budgets and different needs. And so awesome. Angel, I know that you have some questions too, but that was my burning question. <laughs> no, that's great because <laughs> I guarantee you other people have the same question. Mm-hmm. So these were some questions from our listeners. So actually... Dewan was the one who introduced me to cream-based other products like contour and blush. I had never touched those before. She taught me how to contour. So I know that might be one of it, but what are some things that as we age, I mean, I hate to say it, but we we're in that maturing skin category. What should we be changing with our makeup and our makeup application? So basically whatever you did in 2010, go like nudge higher with it. So where we were contouring here and the hollows of our cheeks, you want to just go right above that when you contour. Same thing, your blush wants to be a little, you want your blush to be a little bit higher. Less is more. The more product you put on your face, the more texture you're going to see. And even if it's not lines, like I have oily skin, large pores. That's just, I have my dad's skin. I'm never going to get rid of that. So the more product I put on my face, the more it accentuates that. And then I talk a lot and I smile a lot and then it cracks and then it does all those things. So less is more. Find a product that has really good coverage, good pigmentation, lightweight, very hydrating, and just don't use a lot of it. If you have blemishes, use a concealer like the Revolution Concealer just to you know touch up where you need the extra coverage so you don't have to have as much weight on you. 
another thing that we, because we, we were in the height of like Instagram, like highlight, like the white triangle under our eyes and like caking it on and like baking with the wet beauty blender and all those things. Like we did all those things. We can't do those things anymore. Like we just can't. A thing that I have to tell everybody is your concealer does not necessarily have to be set with a powder. Your under eye does does not necessarily have to be set with a powder. If you do, make sure it's finely milled like a silica powder. The other thing is buff your concealer in with like a brush, not the sponge. You can use your finger. You can use a sponge at some point. But like if you just take a little bit of concealer and a makeup brush and just buff it under your eye, it's going to like melt into the skin and you won't have that creasing. You won't have as much creasing. And if you do set it with a powder, the same thing. Very, very light with a brush. What kind of brush for the concealer? A fluffy, almost like a fluffy eyeshadow blending brush would work perfect. Like you want it to, now it doesn't necessarily have to be a true, like real hair brush. It could be like a synthetic, but natural feeling, not. So not a concealer brush? Mm, no, not necessarily. Not if you're going to, not to buff it in. A concealer brush is going to lay a lot of product down. It's going to lay a lot of product down. The whole point is kind of just diffuse the product and disperse it. And using a concealer that has a little, if you have dark circles, Using a concealer that has a tinge of like a peach or a pink undertone will help neutralize that without you needing to like cake on a bunch to cover it. Never knew that. That's, I'm like, because I've been damn beauty blendering it for ages. And that's my biggest complaint is trying to stop the creasing. So when you use a brush, a brush essentially exfoliates the skin. Like any makeup brush that you're buffing or like, rubbing on your face is is essentially exfoliating the skin so what happens is the product's going to kind of get mixed up into the skin and like pushed deeper in and it doesn't just sit on top where when you smile or your eyes move it creates that crease it actually like buffs the product in and nothing's just sitting on the surface this is mind-blowing i'm excited to try fascinating doing it tomorrow (laughs) angelina's gonna do a makeup tutorial on her instagram now (laughs) <laughs> be super gentle like don't be like I'm telling you to buff it in just just remember it is the eye area and like I've taught you this Angelina I know you've heard me say this a gajillion times when you are doing makeup the less pressure the better you have more control over the product um, when you use less pressure the more the more pressure you use the messier everything starts to look and it's just not good for your skin either gentle and less is more yeah so a few people have asked this question do you have tips for people with hooded eyes and proper eyeshadow application? A lot of people that, you know, that I asked that listened to the, to the podcast said, I feel like I'm still doing my makeup the same way that I've always done it. And mm-hmm. how do we, how do we change that with our, if, if you have a different eye shape? Okay. So again, you've heard me say this. I like to like keep it simple, but significant. So I'm going to give you like simple tips. That will make a significant impact because hooded eyes can be really complicated, even for a professional to work on, to do like a complicated, extravagant, glam eyeshadow look. So some things that you can do are when you do your brows, when you're filling your brows in or when you're shaping your brows, you want to make sure that the tail of your brow always stays higher than the head of your brow. So you never want to extend your brow tail down past where the head is. So if you draw a straight line from the head of your brow to the tail of your brow, you want your tail to be higher. 
Mine is not, and I have a hooded eye, and it drives me insane. But if I take that hair off, I have no brow left. So I, so I use this trick of when I fill my brows in, I start at the bottom down here, and when I get to the arch, I, I take the line up to the top. So I'm like drawing the attention up to the top of the brow. So that's one trick you can do with no eyeshadow, and it'll instantly make a hooded eye look less hooded if you bring that top that tail down it creates like puffiness right here so question mm -hmm. did i put mine too far down then it's almost even so like if i was you i would extend your head down a little bit further it would make the tail a little bit higher okay but you have more of a deep set eye than a hooded eye a what a deep set eye you know i've heard that from every makeup artist that has done my eyes said that i have deeply set eyes that's what I would do if you had a hooded eye, but you don't. I thought I did. Like, watch. No hood. Hood. No hood. Hood. <laughs> if you guys could see Brandy, she's sitting here pulling her brows <laughs> up and down, trying to show Duan how. It's I don't do Botox, so. It's the tiny, it is the tiniest hood. But if you do what I just told you to bring the head in further, it'll make the inside, your inside corners are more deep set still. And it'll make it look more deep set. So I wouldn't recommend that for you. This is a makeup therapy session for me, Angelina. I have taken over your questions. <laughs> so one thing that I have done and I have found that it brightens my eyes is put like a lighter eyeshadow in my crease. So I do um, Laura Mercier's Rose Gold, just even for every day, like right here. Is that something that works with deeply set eyes? Like, did I just kind of come up with that? But is that a normal practice? That's a normal practice. So the other thing with eyeshadow on a deep set eye is you want to put the lighter color on the lid pretty much the entire way. Like you're going to do two thirds of the eyelid. So a lighter color, just like you said. The other thing is your crease color is not going to go in your crease. It's going to go above your crease. And you also want to make sure that when you're doing your crease color, you're not following the actual roundness of the eye, like this eye socket. You want to create a straight line from the head of your brow to the tail of your brow. So when you're doing that transition color or crease color, I usually start right here, like at the edge of my iris. And I'll kind of like rock it in a straight line from the head of my brow to the tail of my brow. So that's the shape you want to use. If you want to do a deep color on the, like an accent color, you can do a little bit on the outside corner. Just make sure that you, you know, blending it straight up um, and not really into the crease. I've always found that when I try to do a cat eye, I look like I'm dead. Mm -hmm. It never, it never works for me on doing something darker because I, I always try to stick with like a plum or something like that. Just because if I do something dark, it does not it doesn't work for my face for some reason. Yeah, there's like tons of tutorials out there too on how to do a winged liner on a hooded lid. Leave that to the professionals. Like just don't, just don't. It's too complicated. It really is, especially if you have a severely hooded eye and you make that liner even the tiniest bit too thick, it's going to transfer. It's going to transfer from the lash line to your to your actual hood. So yeah, I would I would suggest staying away from a wing. If you want a wing, just go get your makeup professionally done. I know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and then another tip is lashes. So when you pick out your false lashes on a hooded eye, you want a you want a shape that is going to be shorter 
in the inside and outside corner and longer in the center. So like not a wing, not a cat eye shape. You want like it's called a baby doll. You want the inside and outside corner of the lash to be shorter and then the middle of the lash to be longer. So interesting. And can I, I would say she has a reel on her Instagram that she just did about how she applies lashes under the lash line underneath. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I would suggest checking that out. <laughs> so I love the whole like Lashify Falscara thing because I have, I learned how to lift lashes, which used to be a lash perm 16 years ago. And I've been doing my own that long. So my lashes are always lifted. They're actually not right now and I need them done. But um, my lashes are always lifted. But when they have a 90 degree bend, it's impossible to get a strip of lashes on top of them. Like it's impossible, especially because I have a round eye. So it just looks crazy. I look like a broken baby doll. So I love the false caras for that, the lashify, because it goes underneath. But those gossamers, it's those little bitty pieces, can be really hard to apply and look natural. And you have to know how to style them. Like you have to know what links to use and what order to put them in. So that's more complicated for somebody who's like a beginner to do at home. So when I realized that you could do the exact same thing with a strip of lashes, I'm like, yes, like why? It takes two seconds and it's so comfortable. You don't feel them. I love it. I think I had, we, we may have already touched on this question, but key products that we need to be using. Like if you said like, here's like, these are the top, however many things you need to use in your forties, upper thirties, what should you be doing? Okay. So I'm not going to say specific products, but I'll say ingredients. So, because I don't, I don't believe in one size fits all, like what works for me might not work for you and vice versa. So it's ACEs. So vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, and SPF. Those are like, holy grails. Everybody needs vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, and SPF. The other thing that people underestimate is the power of double cleansing your skin. Because I also usually recommend a physical sunscreen. Okay. So physical sunscreens, you really want an oil-based cleanser, like a cleansing balm to break that down. Cause otherwise when you go in with your gel cleanser, your cream cleanser or whatever, it's not fully breaking through that product. So your pores aren't getting clean. There's a film on your skin. So the rest of your serums and your products aren't working. A lot of people underestimate the power of that sec, that double cleanse, especially at night. I do that. I have, I have like a balm that I use to take my makeup off. And then I have like a cleanser, like a, just a skin cleanser. Same. Thank Good job. Bonus points. Now you mentioned microblading. I've had that done. I love it. What do you, if someone's interested in it, what should they be prepared for? And I love it too. Obviously it's my favorite thing to do. I mean, it really is. It gives me life. It is my favorite thing to do, but a lot of people think it's this end all be all solution to brow problems and it's not. Okay. So like something to uh, try to make sure everybody understands is that a microblading will not look like hair. Yes. We create hair like strokes, but it will not look like hair. It is a tattoo. It is pigment implanted under the skin and B micro shading will not look like makeup because again, we're implanting pigment under the skin, not applying pigment on top. So it's never going to look as bold as makeup and it's never going to look as 3d as real hair it is going to be scary for the first 10 days you're going to go through an emotional roller coaster for the first 10 days but then after that it's life-changing it is life-changing i can attest i thought it looked like charlie chaplin the first <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like I tell everybody, you know, it's, it's easy. Less is more. It's easy to add. It's hard to take away. So I do try to err on the side of modesty for everybody's first visit and try to eliminate as much brow shock as possible because brow shock is a real thing, but it's going to be bold and it's going to be dark. Cause if it's not, we wasted both of our time. So just, just know that, um, it is a tattoo, but we numb. Most of my clients fall asleep. I, I use two different numbing creams. I think that's the thing that everybody's the most shocked about is that they don't feel it during the process, but it does feel sore and itchy and all those things after, like when you go through the healing phase and it's not a one and done thing. So, you know, the pigment we use is different than tattoo ink. The technique's not necessarily different. But the pigment's a little bit different. And then, you know, we obviously, I'm telling you to use retinol and use all these things and we're in the sun and it's on our face. So it fades. The pigment does fade. And so you have to have it touched up anywhere between like every one to three years or at least the techniques that I use. There are techniques that last longer than that, but I'm not a fan of them. I'm so scared of getting it done because I'm worried that I'm going to walk out with what I'm not expecting. Well, you do. You walk out looking kind of. Oh cray. yeah, you you look you look cray like Angry Bird. <laughs> well, even oh, <laughs> <laughs> but even over time, like that, it's just not what you wanted. Yeah. yeah. Well, the good thing is, is that it fades. So I can't speak for every artist, but like I said, the technique that I use is very soft and it ages very gracefully in the skin. So that if you decide that you don't want it anymore, it eventually will fade and not look crazy. Um, or if you want to change the shape, it's easy to do and cover up. The downside to that is, yeah, you may need touch-ups more often. And yeah, it may not be as bold as you might envision. But I would rather you go to a different artist if that's what you want. Because I also like to maintain the integrity of the skin and have that option to change. Because and I don't even, Angelina may know this, but she may not. I... I was harassed by clients for years to learn how to do this. And I was deadly against it. Like the only reason I entertained it was because I knew I needed some different type of, I needed to pivot my business to be stable for my kids. Right. But when it first came out, I was like, no, because what if you want to change the shape of your brows? Like, wh why would you want to do that? No, I don't, I don't know. What, what is this going to look like in 10 years? Like I was deadly against it. So I still have that in mind when I do the procedure that I want it to age gracefully in the skin and I want to maintain the integrity of the skin and not cause scarring or hyperpigmentation. It was one of the best beauty decisions I've made next to lasering my armpits. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's great. Well, I really loved the Q&A. This was fun and very insightful. I think it's going to be really helpful because there was a number of women who told me, you need to have somebody on the show and ask them this, 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 and this, and this. <laughs> so I think that's great. So we have a section called, let me tell you something. And that covers off on just something that is on your mind that you would like to share. So think about it as like something you would call and talk to your best friend about. It could be something related to the topic, or it could be something that you came across, something you're watching, a book you're reading, anything you're passionate about. So that said, what might be your, let me tell you something. So I have been on a soapbox for this past week about boundaries, which is like such a on-trend 
thing right now. Maybe it's just the side of TikTok that I'm on. I don't know. But all of my videos are about boundaries. And I'm like, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? I suck at them. I suck at them. And it is contributing massively to the decline of my mental and physical health. And so that's that's kind of where I am. Like, I want to I wanna like do work on that. And so I don't have to y'all have any recommendations. <laughs> Therapy. That's that. I'm that's, not good with boundaries. It took me a long time, years of therapy and finding actually finding a therapist that fit my needs. And I've told Brandy this before that gives me tangible things. Mm-hmm. I wanted a therapist that was going to say, okay, if this happens, you do this. Yes. If someone says this to you, you say this. That's what I needed. Yeah. And so yeah. that has been super helpful. And then there's ways to say things like, you know, I'm sorry, but that's not going to work for me. Yeah. Or the way that you're speaking feels like this. You know, there's all these just different ways to to reword it. But that's my only advice is many years of therapy and finding the right therapist that fits you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. A friend has told me before, like, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. A no. Yeah. And that one I still have trouble with, but I do try to keep that in the back of my mind. That's a really good one. And I think for me, it's being in the, you know, we're nurturers, like I'm being in the service industry and being a nurturer. It's really hard for me to tell people no. And like, I want to be that giver to them, but then it always ends up putting me in a position where my time is not valued or respected. So it's even like in business, it's like, okay, I need to stop. Like I need to stop and and also starting over. Like, I, th- I don't think we got to the part about the biggest struggles that I'm going through right now. <laughs> but like, that's the big, like, I started over. Like, that's a very humbling thing to do, to start completely over from scratch in a new town. Um, and then I did it big. Like, I went from, you know, some comfy little 10 by 10 room to a 2,400 square foot space. And, you know, I have seven people to feed. Like, I, you know, I provide for my family. This isn't a hobby. And I'm just realizing how much not knowing how to tell people no or um, respect my boundaries is hurting everybody. And the challenge of a blended family, I'm sure, with, with that many boys. Well, and then what happens is I take and take and take and take and take until I blow. And then I'm crazy. You know, then I'm the crazy person. Like, oh, there's the West Bank. Like the West Bank came out, you know, like that, that's yeah. what happened. Well, that's not a healthy way of living either is to just like have your body have that boil up. Mm -hmm. I mean, those things can, you know, over time manifest into other issues. And so, you know. Yeah. So the, yes, what was Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday was International Women's Day. What's today? Friday. So Wednesday was International Women's Day. And that quote was going around TikTok with a woman was talking talking about like who we are as women. And they told us we could be everything. And we heard we had to be, they told us we could be anything, but we heard we had to be everything. Well, my best friend sent me the quote. I had heard it a a gajillion times already, but she sent me the quote and she was like, "Um, always praying for your peace, buddy. Cause she knows, she knows how I am. And I told her it was so funny that she said that because I had this quote that I like adopted when I was going through my divorce and it's a bird sitting on a branch is never afraid of the branch breaking because her trust is on her own wings. Always believe in yourself. 
And I said, you know, it seems like the same kind of concept. Like I heard always believe in yourself, trust in your own wings. Like that's what they said, but I heard keep flying, like rest, like you can sit on the branch because you trust yourself to be able to fly if it breaks. And so like, you know, just cause I can do all these things and be all these things doesn't mean that I have to, like, it doesn't mean that I should in the last five years, I've gained a hundred pounds. Like my, like my health has gone to crap. Like I've completely neglected myself. So, you know, and it's hard for me too, because like Angelina witnessed me going through my divorce, which was in 2013, the height of hustle mentality where everybody rewarded you for being a boss. And, you know, everybody praised me for coming out of that stronger and doing all those things in in spite of what I went through. But then I felt like I had to live up to that. And I was afraid to stop. And it's such a good point. It's a good point to say that because it's like we, and I think that's just as women and as mothers, we just have this innate desire to do all the things, you Mm -hmm. know, but, and like be a boss, do this, do this, you know, be the best mom, be the best wife and keep up the house and, you know. I think it's, it's important. I love that quote about sitting on the branch and just knowing that you can trust yourself. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, sometimes when my world gets a little chaotic, it's help. I'm a list. I'm a list person. I write everything down. I, I even write down to the 30 minute and in increments on like what I did for the day. Cause sometimes I, We'll sit back and I'm like, I have no idea what I did today. She even writes <laughs> eat lunch. She even like marks lunch in her, which blew my mind. But but especially on the days, like I don't do it every day, but when I'm really, really busy and overwhelmed, I think for me, and I don't know if this is helpful for you, but putting down what are like the top three things that you need to focus on for that day? And maybe it's top three things for work. And then what is something that you need to do for your health? What is something that you need to do for, you know, for your family and just kind of breaking it down and simplifying it and knowing that all the other things can all the other things wait to the next day. Can you prioritize your week? You know, they talk about meal prepping and how meal prepping is so helpful. I think that there is something to the effect of also life prepping too, but I'm a planner. So I'm not a person that Angel and I talk about this a lot. Like she's really good at like kind of winging things and like, like taking things as they come. And that doesn't feel, that's not a place that feels safe for me. Like I don't sit well with with winging things as much as being able to plan it out. I feel like I can sleep better at night being able to plan out my day. And it helps me to be more organized. It helps me to rest better at night. Um, It gives me a little bit more structure to my day to know, even if I have to carve out time to eat lunch, I'm gonna do that. If I have to carve out time to work out, even if it's for 20 minutes, I know that I can hold myself accountable to those things because that's what's important for my well-being or for getting things done or for making sure that I get the kids to where they need to go. So for me, I don't know if that's helpful for you, but that's just sort of how I navigate some of that and just learning more about even though I'm 40, I have taken so much time on self-reflecting on 
what are my triggers and what are the things that puts my mind at ease and and continuing to work on that but but finding some peace in that no i 100 percent. that's one of the things that i actually started to incorporate is like i've reduced my seeing clients hours and i actually schedule the things that i need to do for me like it's in the schedule i can't book a client there because it is on my books um, but yeah, I've heard that the three things prioritize the three things. Yeah. Angel, do we want to jump into rapid fire or do we want to talk about, let me tell you something. Are you good with moving on? Oh, can I do it? Let me tell you something that's skincare related. Yes. yes. Nail mucin. I am. Okay. I, have you tried it? No. Okay. But I saw <laughs> this and I've been hearing about it. I'm glad you brought it up. I will be ordering it today. I will let you know. <laughs> Is it really from a snail? I'm sorry. What is this? It's snail. <laughs> it's literally snail slime that you put on your face. Yes, I googled <laughs> it. So I looked it up, and it is literally they put the snails on a glass in a dark room or something like that, or like a mesh thing, and then they like whatever they have to do to make them produce the mucin, and then they collect it and uh -uh. put it in a jar and sell it to you for twenty four dollars. Yes. So could I capture my own snails and just? I mean, I don't know if it's got to be a certain kind of snail because you can't eat every kind of mushroom, right? Like, I don't True. know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But I mean, I looked up the research behind it and it's supposedly amazing for the skin. And it's one of those Korean beauty hats. Ah, Korea. They know their stuff. What it, What does it do? So it's got like uh, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, um, anti-aging benefits. It boosts collagen. It does everything. It literally does everything. I am I'm anxiously awaiting your review. Angelina is going to be scheduling an appointment real soon and getting her, <laughs> you know, snail stuff on her face. You know I would. She is like, totally doing it. Dewan says this is amazing. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for rapid fire. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> We're going to make this a real rapid fire. We're going to try, but I don't know. I mean. You're already setting us up to fail, Angelina. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We Here we go. What is your go-to guilty pleasure? Something you love to do every day or you can't live without? I am a sucker for some mom Facebook group drama. Like, <laughs> I just read it. Like, I just read it and, like, like secretly, like, eating popcorn I don't know why it's so entertaining. Maybe it's because I don't have any girl drama in my own life with a bunch of boys. But yeah, I don't know why it's a guilty pleasure. If you could live anywhere for a year, where would you live and why? Anywhere outside of the country because I've never been. Probably like Greece. I've heard amazing things. It's a bucket I list. I want to go Same. to Santorini so bad. Okay. Favorite way to spend the day off? Anything that does not require a bra. <laughs> That's a great answer. It sure is. I feel like that's a good quote. That's a quote. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And fourth, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would that be? Just because you can doesn't mean you have to. There you go. See? Rapid fire. We did it. We can do rapid fire. We can we do are it. Capable. <laughs> this was so much fun. It was such a pleasure meeting you. And we just loved our chat. Yay. I know Angelina has had has said so many lovely things about you and it's Aww. an absolute pleasure meeting you. 
Thank you all so much for listening today. If you want to follow Duan on Instagram, she is at the underscore Duan, D-U-A-N-N-E. Visit her website at theritualcompany.com. We've linked everything in the show notes and on our website. And I would definitely head to her Insta because she has some really great tips and reels. And you're on TikTok too, right? Same handle? Yeah, trying. It's the Duan. It's the the underscore Duan. Same thing. Yeah, it sounds so like... It's like the Beyonce, the Rihanna, the the one. There's a story behind that too. (laughs) So we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here with us. And I think these are some really good tips that were, I mean, I know Brandy and I, we have some things to to do. Yay. This has been wonderful. Thank you so very much again. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for for joining us today and please follow us on social. Please leave us a review. We would love your feedback and it also helps to guide us on all of our, uh, on our guests, on our questions. So our inquiring minds want to know, what do you think? So until next time, have a great week. Thank you guys so much. Cheers. Thank you all so much for listening in. And as a member of our community, we want to hear from you. Follow us on social at Talk Forward to Me podcast and share your feedback on today's topic. How is the conversation relevant in your life? And is there a topic you'd love to hear us discuss? On that note, cheers to aging gracefully, living life to the fullest, and enjoying another day with your besties in life.